Welcome back, little Miss Black Widows and little Susie Homemakers. It's the Madonna Get Together podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and we are going to continue talking about the Erotica album with my guest, Peter. Please enjoy. Um, then we go into Thief of Hearts. Stop, bitch, now sit your ass down. Love that song. I when I when I was still a little bit angry, sort of still discovering who I was, and sort of angry at the people for because uh, I was bullied a lot when I was in in high school mm-hmm. for being gay. So, sort of this was sort of going into the songs like a sort of like a revenge kind of thing. So I could sort of channel my anger with the help of this song. So I like that. It's like you're a thief of hearts, and I'm gonna get you, and you can't do this to me. I like I like the theme of that song. So. Well, I'm glad you like it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I think it's probably my least favorite song on the album. It's just, it's it gets into the, the cheesy cliches, I feel like. Little Susie Homemaker. Um, I, thought that was, I thought that well, was cute. <laughs> but I will say this. like I like it enough that if I'm playing the album, I don't skip any song on this album when I listen to it, which is which tends to be the case a lot with any Madonna album I listen to. But this is also an album that I tend to listen to that I'll pull out every now and then. Like, I want to hear this entire album. Mm-hmm. And I sing along to all the songs. So it's it's not, I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite song on the album. Fair enough. <laughs> and then we get to Words, which I like this song. I'm not sure how you feel about it. I love um, this song. This, the last sort of this middle section of the album is my favorite. So "Bad Girl Through to Rain" is my favorite section of oh, the nice. album. Oh, nice! I like that. This does have a little some cliche words like words they cut like a knife and cut into my life. Sometimes the lyrics can get a little like too literal. I don't metaphorical literal. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it's just we get it. It's. <laughs> I think it, it could have benefited from an edit too. I think this is one of the songs yes. where, whereas I, I like some of the double chorus, I think this one could have you could have cut a couple choruses out of the song. But right. I like the outro rap. I think that the, is that's like the best part of the song for me. And you hear the typewriter in the background, um, and the bridge of the song. I really like the bridge of the song. It's very happy go lucky. It's almost like he has she's good manners. He's so romantic. Yeah, but he's only make you blue. Yeah. But it kind of like it's takes you into this this fantasy world within the song, and then it slowly brings you right back into kind of like her um, heartache from yeah. this man that did her wrong. I caught you at your game. You will not bring me shame. Yes. So you can relate to that. There are people that out there who will try and charm you with like speak with all of like use the biggest words that they could possibly use and sort of speak around a topic sort of and it's like well just say what you want to say don't right. use these cliche bullshit sort of that vibe or buzzwords say what you want to say so i can see that this song is is about that obviously but it just yeah <laughs> a realistic I, form of communication Yes, so when it's like you can just break it down to the bare form, exactly. Uh, I used to write. I used to write the lyrics in like as homework assignments to um, 
like I would write the lyrics out like in the margins and I had this math teacher I was convinced was gay so I'd be like um I give you my word I'll never tell I know your secret (laughs) as if this guy would like come out to like this 15 year old kid right oh my gosh I'm gonna write all this this, this stuff in the margins of my homework it's like I know what your secret is and you know I'll never tell but I know between us kind of thing (laughs) oh my gosh did you ever find out if he was gay I did not know I think he was actually married to a female but you know it's that doesn't mean anything no, I mean, especially not years, in the 90s. Five years on. No, yeah. 25 years on, who knows what, what he's doing. <laughs> uh, let's get into Rain, because I hope you agree with me. I think it's one of her most beautiful songs ever. Definitely, I agree. And what, And as well as one of the most beautiful videos that she's ever made. Definitely, I agree. <laughs> Very well I, shot, macromanic. I'm not sure yes. to, to this day if it's a black and white video that was hand colored or if they colored it like to the extreme because her eyes are so blue and pretty in that video. And it's just, I was going to bring that up because I remember that, you know, when VJs on MTV would introduce videos, that was one of the things they said. They thought it was filmed in black and white and it was hand colored frame by frame. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I feel like we need to talk to Mark Romanek. I agree. And um, there's probably something out there where he's revealed this, because this is something that's, I think, been pestering or festering in Madonna fans' brains for a while now, because someone's like, well, what if she actually had blonde hair and they colored it dark? Which is not the case, because I was going through my old Icons magazines, and there's a picture of her from the Rain video. It's in black and white, because that's just that's the way the the fanzine was. It was all the pictures were in black and white anyway, except the cover and the back cover. But she clearly has dark hair in the video. But I remember listening to the song, and the things that's the thing that st- sticks out to me the most is the harmonies. And I think this is the most multi layered harmony she's ever done in a song. Yes, and she's she didn't rely on the background vocals. It's all her, so right. it's like her vocals on top of her vocals, and I think that was really, really well done. I agree. I think that um, it definitely conveyed the emotions of the track. It's one of the tracks that I think got a lot of radio play. I remember it getting radio play. I remember hearing it on the radio after not hearing a lot of the other songs on the radio, and. It was one of the songs that I knew from when I came back to Erotico, when I just rediscovered it or discovered it for the first time. But like I remember, I had memories of hearing it on the radio. So it was sort of the redemption of Madonna after the whole sex and body of evidence yeah. kind of from earlier in the year. But it's she's, one of the. She's singing good. in a, um, she sings in a very, like a deeper register. Yeah. During the, the, the verses which i thought was uh, it was different for her i think the last time you heard her sing in a, a very deep voice like that was the chorus to like live to tell um and so hearing her kind of go into this deep register during the chorus like when your lips are burning my like she goes like really deep i love that um and apparently this was a the song was like a tribute to Karen Carpenter because that was 
one of Madonna's favorite singers. Oh, I did um, not know that. And she actually wrote Angel was actually written about Karen Carpenter. And then this song was like a tribute to Karen Carpenter, kind of like, you know, Madonna was inspired by Karen Carpenter and wrote this song. That's very sweet. Yeah. It is very sort of, I'll wait for you. Um, I'll, I'll let, when you said goodbye, I, I, I'm going to let you go, but I know that you, you'll come back to me and I'm going to wait for you sort of to come back and when you realize or when you've done your exploring kind of thing, that's right. sort of what I've always sort of taken the message to be. It's like, um, sort of that old saying, when you love someone, set them free. If right. it's meant to be, they'll come back to you. Sort of that's the messaging that I have always interpreted about this song. And she does the whole like, Spoke, she carries through spoken word in this song too, but she does it really cool where it's like two two words speaking over each other. The and rap. Yeah. yeah, and the way that they do it in the video was just perfect. Like I wouldn't have imagined it any other way than the way they yeah. did it. I, on my VHS copy of the 93 to 99 videos, the the audio of the the other, the it's strange how I feel like I've known you before a rap verse is cut off. So I only have the waitings for the hardest thing. So I didn't get the full experience of that until uh, the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was, oh. I was a late adopter to, to, to DVD. I didn't get into DVDs till like the 2000s. So I had the 93 to 99 on VHS and there was a glitch where it didn't have the second audio wrap on that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting that you say that because um, the single version of rain which is a little bit of a remix and they kind of make it more i i don't know how any other way to say it but it just sounds more happy-go-lucky i yeah. like the remix of it um it just kind of has this extra layer of synthesizer in there but in the during that spoken word part they only play one one of those speaking yeah they do the, the waiting is the hardest thing yeah as opposed to the, the it's strange how i feel yep. yeah yeah, I'm not really um, a fan of the remix version myself. I like I like the fact that they cut out half the rap, but I prefer the album version. There's actually on the Japanese maxi single, there's the video edit, and that's yes. my go-to version. Oh, it's the okay. album version, but with less sort of again the the double chorus thing. Yeah, <laughs> so it cuts that out a bit. So um, I love rain. It's such a beautiful. I'm trying song. to think if there's any. Well, I ha- I have somewhat of a story. I re- this just goes to show the power of Madonna and how she surprises people because, you know, like my, my family knew I loved Madonna, my mom, my dad, and this had come on, I think it was either the MTV video top 20 video countdown on the weekends or VH1, one of those, but the video came on, I was at my dad's house and I was watching it and he happened to be passing through the living room as it was on. And he knows I like Madonna. He knows who Madonna is and everything. But he's like, he like stops and watches her for a minute. He's like, oh, well, who's this new person that you're into? I'm like, that's Madonna. He's like, oh, is it? And he like stops and watches it a little bit longer. And like, because he didn't recognize her. He expected her to have blonde hair. This was, she was singing in a, a different type of voice. And it wasn't about sex. So it was almost like shocking to him to see her like this. So I always like those moments. Madonna has done this. Madonna can surprise you. Madonna 
can create something that you will like. You don't have to necessarily be a fan of her, but you will probably come across something that you like from her. Yeah. So like, just when you think Madonna is all about this, she do, does a 180 and throws a song like this out there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's see if we can get through the, the rest of these songs. Why is it so hard? Thoughts on that? It was one of those songs that I couldn't get into for the longest time. It took another artist doing the song. There's a Dead or Alive version of it from a compilation that Cleopatra Records put out. Yes. And when I got the Dead or Alive box set, I listened to it. And Pete Burns' vocal take on it and the way that he sang it made me understand what was going on in the song. So I've gone back since and listened to Madonna's version again. And so I have a more of an appreciation for it because it was one of those songs that I was sort of half listened to. So I, 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 it's sort of a, a positive message. Like, why can't we learn to love one another? So, yeah, I, I feel like it's... I actually like, really like the song. I don't think it hit me until The Girly Show, seeing it performed live. That's, that definitely that's made when it, it sort of stand yeah. out for sure. Um, but I kind of like this is her first touching into or, or getting a little bit into reggae sounds. Um, and it came yes. because Shep Pettibone had gone on vacation to Jamaica and he just had this rhythm stuck in his head and uh, he just presented it to her and she liked it and they moved forward with it. And I believe there was originally like a, a Rasta, a Rastafarian rap on there, but they ended up removing it. Hmm. That would have been interesting to hear. Yeah. Wonder if that would, would like, but yeah, I can, the reggae sound and it definitely I've noticed and, and I, I like that and, and i enjoy the instrumentation but yeah it took me a long time to get into the song <laughs> uh what about in this life that one is is i like the song it's a hard song like when i was again going back to sort of discovering my sexuality because in the 90s it was sort of still the aids epidemic was mm -hmm. still at the forefront so it's sort of like the you you're half of thinking when you grow up you're you're gonna sleep around contract aids and then and die. die so yeah that sort of was in my mind thinking and so it's like hearing her experience i mean it's one of the reasons why i love madonna so much is that she does it doesn't feel like she's sort of used gay people and gay culture to to for because it it's in vogue or it's it's what what like the, the cool thing to do like some artists maybe mm -hmm. you can fill in the blank but she's always <laughs> she's had gay friends she's when nobody was speaking about gay issues or she was doing concerts and uh, for AIDS research and doing yep. AIDS benefits. And she was helping like when people would reel away from people who had AIDS, she would go and she would hug them and her friend, like she took care of her friends when they were dying. So yep. you can feel her pain and thinking about the two people that she wrote the song about who had some influence. I mean, the, her, her dance teacher from when she first went to the university of yep. Michigan, I think it Christopher was. Christopher Flynn and um, Martin Bagoyne was who the other person that she wrote about in the song. It's quite a sad song. And I think as, you know, a teenager listening to dance music and, into Madonna and stuff. The, I don't know if this song necessarily spoke to me as it does as, as an adult. I think lyrically the song is very sad and it's very touching and moving. Uh, for me, I felt um, as part of the album, 
it didn't feel like your typical ballad. And I guess yeah. that's it. That's probably what made me uncomfortable with it and not really understanding what it was like to be, or no, I didn't know anybody that had AIDS or was HIV positive at the time. So I think there was, it was harder for me to relate. Yeah. Um, so, but I think the performance she gives on the girly show is very moving. And Definitely. I kind of like that it's in the same track order as on the album. So it's why is it so hard? And then in this life, um, it fits. I don't think that they could yeah. have done it any other way. And I, I think it was, uh, I think it was a good placement on the album too, like towards the end of it's, the album. It's sort of the cool down. Yeah. Um, until we hear, did you do it? And then I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, interesting enough, I didn't hear, did you do it until much later? Because in Canada, as far as I've seen, we only got the, the 13 track version, the less yeah. parental advisory. So I didn't get the parental advisory version until much later. And much like you, I ran home when I first got it to listen to see if Bye Bye Baby was uncensored and it wasn't. So <laughs> did you do it? Is is that where we were going next? Did you do yeah, it? I was, yeah, I was just jumping into that. Um, yeah, it wasn't on the cassette. So for the longest time, I didn't have it either. And... I just remember thinking, like, why? Like, why? What is this? Who is this? Yeah. Why is it why just are you waiting with with just the chorus, but someone else is rapping over it? It it just sounded stupid. But now it's like I'm so familiar with it, I can't not hear it. And that sounds very like dumb a, of me. It's almost like a parody of like of the early '90s kind of yes. rap songs before rap became sort of hip hop and, and big right it's sort of like the yeah. early 90s were very were very vulgar and so that's kind of like her take on that sort of like a a sexy guess, rap song. yeah but she didn't even do anything on it like she, she just used her waiting vocal i would have liked to hear her do something different on there or um at the time she she had recorded queen's english with jose and lewis and so i'm kind of and I guess they were saving that for some compilation that was coming out the following year or something like that. And I was like, well, this would have been a, per if you're going to, if you're going to throw a throwaway track on an album, at least just throw that one on there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Somebody like that we would want to listen to. Exactly. Because <laughs> the fans want to hear it, but I digress. Uh, I don't want to say any more about this song. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to Secret Garden. I like that song. It took me a long time to get into it, and I've always secretly thought that it's about pregnancy. Oh, like that she got pregnant, and because there's certain verse, sort of lines in there, like um, "You plant the seed, and I'll watch it grow. I wonder when I'll start to show. I wonder if I'll ever know." And like in my secret garden there's a petal that isn't torn. So I've, I've, I don't know. I've never read it anywhere or seen it anywhere, but I've always thought that it was about a secret pregnancy or like oh. the potential for a pregnancy. I like that take mm -hmm. on that. I, I guess I never really, I always just imagined her sitting in a jazz club with a cigarette in her hand, giving a, you know, a lyrical poem and people in the, in the audience are just snapping instead of clapping 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> As you do in a jazz club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I always just imagine that. And I just, she was making like these weird references and I wish I knew the color of my hair. And um, what was the other thing? Somewhere in Fontainebleau lies my secret garden. And I always thought that was like such a, a exotic name for something until I found out it was just a hotel in Miami. <laughs> I mean, if not about pregnancy, it certainly is about rebirth because she's looking for a place where her heart can be reborn and sort of she can start again. And the thematically gardens sort of represent life and death, right? You, you, they die in the autumn and then mm-hmm. they come back in the spring and in the summer they're in full bloom. So if it's not about a literal pregnancy, it's sort of maybe about a, the death and the rebirth of either her heart or her, her capacity to love and be loved. So it's about rebirth. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it. That's, that's erotica. The only song we didn't really go really touch on is goodbye to innocence, which was recorded for the album and fever replaced it. And then it was later put on a compilation album for Roe versus Wade, which is, now being challenged in multiple states here in the United States where Texas just passed an abortion law, like an abortion ban law, which, um, and other states are trying to do it now as well. So I thought it was, um, I'd never understood why goodbye to innocence, but if you listen to some of the lyrics, you can kind of, you could probably hear how it relates to Roe versus Wade. I don't think that's its original intention, but you can kind of, um, it creates some sort of awareness where if you want, if you wanted to hear it, you could. Yeah. Sort of. She talks about how she doesn't want to correct myths and rumors about who she is and that you, the, the viewer, the listener can believe whatever you want to believe, but nobody like, my always thought was it sort of it was a response song to people thinking that maybe she was like a manufactured artist or somehow she was kind of the puppet to some sort of Svengali or puppet master in the background manipulating her. But it's like, no, these yeah. are the choices that I made. Nobody created me. Uh, only my parents can have that acclaim. So I didn't hear Roe or Goodbye to Innocence until much later after I sort of digested the whole erotica album because i row versus or to just say row album was long out of print so i didn't even yeah. wasn't until um you could remember napster where you could just like download whatever the hell you wanted from the internet in the <laughs> early 2000s like I, I had a list of all these rare madonna songs that weren't on albums and so I, I downloaded that so i had because i had the maxi single of rain i had the up down sweet version and i was right. like that, that was just kind of like a weird like what the hell is this? What am I listening to for twelve minutes? Up, down, that, up, 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 yeah, down. And what's funny is that that's what came out first. So you didn't hear "Goodbye to Innocence." I don't think that that Roe versus Wade album came out until like nineteen ninety four. So the up down suite is what we heard first. And I remember hearing words, and I'm like, "Where are they taking these sounds from? What out? What songs are these from on the erotica?" I remember going back and and trying to scrutinize and listen to every single track on erotica to find out where these sound clips were coming from and it wasn't until the that i got access to goodbye to innocence that i was like oh okay this is what they did they just made this long dub version of goodbye to innocence for the up down suite um and they don't they use up down suite on 
the Rebel Heart Tour for like a virgin. It goes up, I can't remember. Down, up, 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 down. I don't know that you know. Because I always yeah. thought that that, ver- that version of Like a Virgin contained all of the Like a Virgin performances to that time. If you listen to some of the, mm. the music, like you can hear the Moroccan kind of chimes at some point and yeah. the original bum, 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 bum of the, the VMA performance. Mm-hmm. But that's another topic. But yeah, no, um, Up Down Sweet was just really weird. It has like some ghosted vocals, sort of like, like I don't know if that's the right word for it. Like it's it has some of the vocals from goodbye to innocence but sort of like in the background and sort of like a, right. an apparition so it's like I, I had no idea what the song was about right and i'm like well, what is she saying what what yeah. <laughs> yeah and i love the way she says in a in a minute now i can't even say it because she goes a non-anonymity like and the non-anonymity i'm like yes it's, it's what a weird were you trying to say girl? yeah yeah um <laughs> But uh, there were other demos. There was um, Shame, You Are the One, Dear Father, um, another version of Goodbye to Innocence, which sounds a little bit different than the, uh, I'll call it the official one. Um, And then, of course, uh, You Thrill Me. And they all had like this, it was more of a house sound. Like it was more, more house, more underground. Um, than what the album ended up being. The album ended up being a little bit more raw and more kind of spoken word and um, not as house, not as dance, except for like a few tracks that you find in the album. But they pulled back more of the dance sound on the album, I feel like, except for, you know, the tracks that are are clear dance tracks, like Deeper and Deeper. Um, Exactly, yeah. But listening to some of these these demos and these unreleased songs. It's like, you go, oh, this is what it, I mean, it would have been a very 1992 sounding album. Yes. With some of them like, uh, you are the one that was a very dancey, very like, Oh, like Brian was listening to that. And Brian's like, Oh, who is this? Is this a new Madonna song? <laughs> no, actually it's not. And, or um, the dear father song too. Yeah. There's actually a portion in there. I was, I noted that it sounds like she, they, she and Chet Pettibone gave a song to a, a model called Nick Scotty called get over. And right. In that song is that there's a get up, get over, get under section. And it's sound and dear father. It's not the same. It's not the words, but the way that she sings the song is mm-hmm. it has that sort of the melody. So I thought that was, I feel that they were somehow related that those two songs are maybe composed around the same time. Cause I think that that song came out around that same time, the, the Nick right. Scotty song get over. Now, if, if um, Madonna does, cause next year is the 30th anniversary. Uh, if Madonna were to put out, cause she's curating with this new Warner brothers deal, she's curating more of these re-releases. What would your, dream track of course we'll just say the album tracks but what would you want in addition well i'd want a remastered version of the edit one for sure and then maybe fleshing out some of these demos right you are the one and shame maybe putting goodbye to innocence on there sort of giving it back its home I mean, it's hard because of the, her previous reissues didn't really have very much on them, right? Right. The, the first three albums, we just got those one or the two um, the remixes. extended remixes. Yeah. 
But I mean, this like this true blue anniversary that they just put out that had a whole that had the twelve inch remixes. So I think that's maybe what they would do is just the twelve inch remixes. Now, would you be okay if it was released on streaming, or would you want a physical release? I would definitely want a physical release. I mean, I could buy. She probably will put it on iTunes because the true blue is on iTunes. So yes, so um, I would do it that way. But yeah, I think I would be. I mean, I think I'd be okay with streaming, even though that's not what I want. I would want like a physical release. I'd want, I want some like effort be put into it, honestly. And Definitely. they need to hire someone that's going to put in the work and the effort, not like whoever did Celebration. Um, <laughs> but I would say, of course, the album, Goodbye to Innocence, maybe some of these demos. I know she doesn't like to put like demos and release that stuff because she feels like, that was a work in progress and she doesn't want people to see that. So if she didn't put that out, I'd understand that. But if it was a physical release, I'd really love to see like the album be released on vinyl, but then the 12 inches of all the songs be like released as a package all together. That would be really cool. Um, Just like as a re-release, maybe put them all on 180 gram. That would be really cool. I'd love that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I mean, it's hard to imagine them putting out more stuff because I feel like Warner has put out her stuff so much. So we'll see if hopefully they do something different to entice the buyers. I mean, it's like there's so many fan things out there. Fans do these collections and and, um, compilations much better than the official. Yeah. We'll see how they do it. Well, just to kind of close out the album i know we've been talking about it for a while so what i will say is you know she said something in in an interview where even then i don't think it even had time for the dust to settle before she even said this but i think it's true for this album is that i feel like critics and the public undermined her undermined her talent they trashed it before it even saw the light of day and I think it's unfortunate because it has musically, this album is an incredible album. Even if even if you didn't have lyrics to any of the songs, musically, this album is is an incredible album. And when you put some of the lyrical content on it, yes, it deals with sort of like what people might consider taboo or things that you're not supposed to talk about. Um, and maybe it, what one of the interviews said, I think it was Brian Gumble, to say like, oh, when do you feel like you're glorifying sex or something like that? Where um, where I don't necessarily think it's glorifying sex, it's just exploring sexuality. And I think mm-hmm. that's where, you know, us as gay men connect to it more is because we have to do that. We have to explore it and we have to explore it in kind of like this, this underground type of way, which is the vibe that the album gives off is this very underground sound and that connection to us having to explore our lives that way, um, which is why I connect to it. But at the same time, it's also a really good album and it got overshadowed by the perception of sex. I I agree. And I think that she feels the same way too. I think that's one of the, she said that in hindsight, she shouldn't have put the album out at the same time as the book. Because people sort of judged it all as this one big slutty package and sort of <laughs> dismissed it. So like, oh, this is Madonna again making a record about like having sex and it's all orgasms. But it's, I mean, while the sex is definitely there, it's also a love album and it's also an album about 
maybe finding yourself and sort of yeah. healing after being wounded, right? There's a, I've read that people's take on it that she sounds very wounded on some of the songs. Like maybe she's still not over certain things that had happened to her. She didn't have time to mm-hmm. process her marriage dissolving, her relationship with Warren Beatty, and then obviously her the issue that sort of covers her entire life is her the death of her mother, right? It's all it's right. all there. So well, I love that it's about sex. I love the whole sex book connection, you know. Definitely. <laughs> I love that line and body of evidence. That's what I do, Frank. I fuck. Like, that's, <laughs> that to me is like, thank you, Madonna. Yes. I, I know what to do when I grow up now. <laughs> <laughs> Melt a candle and pour it all over your lover. Have you ever seen animals make love, Frank? I just, <laughs> oh. That movie. I can't watch that movie without. I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I watched it when I got it on VHS, and I got it again. Watched it again when it came out on DVD, and it's just it's taking it like don't take it seriously, and you're gonna enjoy it. It's, it's just, like, pure this gold. <laughs> it's '90s thriller suspense detective movie. It's, exactly. it's what you need in the '90s. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for talking about erotica. This was fun. Thank you. I know it took longer than we thought it would. Um, but thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. <laughs>